Father in heaven, we bow to you and we acknowledge that you are holy. You are set apart, Lord God. You're different than we are. You are from everlasting to everlasting. You're perfect in power and wisdom and might. There is absolutely none like you. Lord, and we acknowledge, Lord, that we can never approach you if you didn't send forth your son to be the lamb that was slain on our behalf. If you didn't send your son to ransom for yourself people from every nation and language and tribe and tongue. So this morning we come in Jesus' name. And we ask that you would fill us up with your Holy Spirit. Lord, move on our hearts, we pray, and draw us to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can take a seat. Uh, This is kind of a different Sunday for CBC, but I hope uh, it will bless you as much as it blessed us in the first service. Um, Most of you all know that a team of 22 of us just got back from Nicaragua. And we were able to go in large part due to the generosity of lots of you guys who um, contributed to our trip. And so we wanted to take part of this Sunday to share with you what God did while we were down there to celebrate that with you guys, but also to use this moment as a chance to tell you guys what God is doing through CBC Missions, both in the neighborhood and to the ends of the earth. Um, God is not just at work 1,500 miles away. He's at work right here. And we wanted to give you guys an opportunity to kind of be a part of that. Um, CBC Missions exists to equip people to pray and to give and to go from our neighborhood to the ends of the earth. And, and truth be told, this is a pretty kind of new focus for us. We've been focusing on missions for about a year. And at the beginning of 2016, our goal was just to expose people really for the first time to some needs that were very real right here and some needs like we're seeing today uh, on these panels to the ends of the earth. But, but as we've done a little bit of work exposing you guys, more and more people have come to us and say, said, how do I get involved? How can I contribute? What can I do? And so we wanted to take a Sunday to tell you guys how you can get involved and how you can kind of get in the game a little bit. So here, here's how today will work. Um, in just a minute, we're going to see a video from the Nicaragua trip that you guys, give you guys an idea of what we experienced down there. Um, we'll have Josh Cook, one of our college students, come up and share for a few minutes about his experience down there and what God did while we were there. We want you guys to hear all about that. Then we're going to bring up Tony Scott. And Tony is our director of CBC Neighbors. He's going to tell you guys about some awesome things that God is doing in this neighborhood right here, right now, and let you know how you can be involved. And then last, we're going to hear from a guy from an organization called The Seed Company. Um, Man, y'all, this organization is awesome because what they're trying to do is they're trying to combat this global epidemic of unreached peoples and Bibleistness. And so I tell you guys almost every time I'm up here, there are almost 2 billion people on planet earth who do not have the word of God in their own language. And the seed company is trying to fix that problem. So Kirk is going to tell us how CBC can join him in fixing that problem. I'm really excited for us to hear from him. And let me say this before we jump in. Um, and I told this to the first service. got excited in the first service at this time too. This gets me really, really excited. Friends, this is true, okay? And this is real. And we don't need to let the world that we live in, this comfortable American society, to lull us to sleep. Here's the truth. Jesus Christ 
is real. He came to die for you and for me to bear the judgment that we deserve before God. And it was a very real judgment. He came back from the dead, literally, physically, in human history. This has actually happened. And he promises that one day when we die, he will save us from God's judgment. Okay, that is true. So if there's anything we can't be bored with, it's this news. But let me tell you what else this risen Jesus has done. He has not just promised to save us when we die. He has welcomed us in on what he is doing in the world right now. He has invited us to join him in what he's doing. And here's what he promises. That if we will lose our lives for his sake, we'll find it. We will find the joy and the satisfaction that we're looking for. And the team from Nicaragua just experienced that the last eight days. And so here's what I want to ask you guys. As we go through this service, and as we hear about these different opportunities and ways for us to plug in, would you just pray in the, in the quiet of your heart, Lord, show me where you want me to get in the game. Show me how I might pray. Show me how I might give. Show me who I might go to or how I might serve. Reveal that to me. So just open yourself up to hear from him because I think he wants to align our hearts with his more and more so that we join him in what he's doing. So let me pray and then we'll, we'll start with the video. Father, we, we do worship you. We thank you so much that you love us, that you sent your son to save us, that you've invited us into your family, that you've welcomed us to join you on your mission. Lord God, you are so good from start to finish. I pray that you would align our hearts with your heart as we go through this service. Lord, that we would love what you love, that we would celebrate what you celebrate, that we would give up our lives for you and realize that we find them as we do it. Please work on us, Lord, by your spirit. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Good morning. Um, my name is Josh. I was one of the guys on the Nicaragua trip. I was the guy getting his beard braided by that adorable little girl, Esmeralda. Um, so I just wanted to share with you a little bit about our time in Nicaragua, what we did there, uh, what God taught us, and things like that. So um, I'm a little bit nervous. I did this first service, and I thought I'd be less nervous, but I'm not. So I apologize for any stutters, stammers, or mumblings. Um, so we had three teams of people, a teaching team of guys that taught local pastors in the communities there about discipleship and unity and other ways to shepherd their church body well. Um, we had a team, a preschool team, the one that I was on. We went into a local preschool called the Holy Land and worked with the kids there and taught them about God and his creation and his love for us and love for the children. And there was also a team of women who went and ministered to the women and mothers of that community and prayed with them, encouraged them, and counseled them, came alongside them, and it was very fruitful. We also had a youth event one of the days. You saw some in the video, some of that in the video, um, to kind of model for pastors there how we do youth groups, um, how we've seen it be effective in uh, the youth. And so there was a game, there was worship, there was a message given by Ryan Sue. Um, about the prodigal son. Um, a guy named, a kid named Josue came to Christ through that event. Um, it's a cool story. So we, we were playing soccer in a square in Nagarote. There's a kid playing soccer with everybody, and William Kane decides to go meet him, share the gospel with him. His name's Josue. He doesn't know Christ. 
And so William invites him to the youth event. He says he'll go It's at this baseball field. So he says he's going to show up at the baseball field. Turns out the event got changed to a different location that we weren't aware of when we told him. And so he still ended up finding his way to the event, which is great. And uh, he listened to the message. He got to know everybody. And Robert led him to Christ during one of the small groups. Um, and he prayed to accept Jesus. And um, the next day he came to church, both services, and brought his brother. And he's really excited about it. And that's just one example of the many ways that God changed hearts and used us as a team to further the gospel. And that's largely in part of your prayers and your support. And we're very, very thankful for that. Um, we saw God change lives. We saw people reconcile their lives back to Christ. We saw people be encouraged and um, encourage each other and affirm each other. God worked in incredible ways throughout our team. We all served each other a lot. Um, you could see in the video just the exponential amount of joy and that really comes alongside of living in community with each other and affirming each other and serving each other and loving each other to a very high degree. Um, God taught us a lot of things. And one of the things that I walked away with, one of the more significant things, I think, is was about com uh, contentment. Um, the people of Nagarote do not have much at all at all and they are so generous and they give you everything um some of us paired up and went and stayed with families in the community one of the nights and william and gary mcginney were together and they woke up the next morning first of all they're sleeping in the cinder block room with dirt floors and a tiny little kid's bunk bed um, because that's what they had for them and they woke up the next morning to see them the family slaughtering a chicken for them to have for lunch. And that's a lot to give away when that's all that you have. Um, and they are so generous and content. And so we, we'd been talking a lot about this passage in Luke 7, where John the Baptist sends a couple messengers to Jesus to kind of see what he's up to. And Jesus tells the messengers to go back to John and tell, them, tell him that the blind have received their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. When we think about what a blind person needs, they need to see. A deaf person needs to hear. A leper needs to be cleansed of their disease. When we think poor, or when we feel like we don't have what we want, we think that we need possessions or wealth. Even for people that are in poverty, we immediately think that they need a house or cleaner clothes. And Jesus says that the poor have been given good news. Um, they've been given Christ, and they've been given love and grace, and that's what they need. So it really got me thinking, if, if what we need, if all that we need, the bare bones of what we actually need is Christ, and we have that and all the other things that he's blessed us with, how blessed are we? And yet we're not content with it and we are not generous with it. And it was really convicting. Um, and we saw this played out in a very literal way. We, we spent some time visiting homes in the community every day in different communities and talking with people and getting to know the people, praying with them, sharing the gospel and things like that. 
And one of the groups met with an older man in his home and shared the gospel with him and prayed with him. And afterwards, they asked him, is there anything else that you need? Is there anything else we can pray for you for? And the man said, you've given me everything that I need. And it was really incredible to see this verse in a very literal, real-world way played out. Um, and it's, it's not just in Nagarote that people need to hear the gospel. It's not just in Nicaragua that people don't know Christ. I mean, around this room, there's thousands of names of groups of people, millions and millions of people that don't have access to a Bible, that don't know Christ, that are living in communities that are very distant from Christ. And it's not even just that far out of Savannah. It's right here in our neighborhood. It's 500 feet. It's across the street. Um, there are people who need Christ. And we're not all called to be missionaries. We're not all called to go overseas or spend a year somewhere in a different part of the country or in a different country. We, but we are all called to be on mission. And we are all called to be disciple makers. Um, and so coming up to talk a little bit about that, about the neighborhood ministries, is Tony Scott. Um, so welcome, Tony. He's going to tell you how to get plugged in and what's going on in our neighborhood and um, what we're doing to be on mission here in, in Savannah. So thank you. Good morning. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm Tony Scott, uh, director of CBC Neighbors here. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we do uh, here locally in the neighborhood. But first, I just want to share a really cool story. I'm kind of like William when I tell this story. It gets me jacked up. Um, so my first week here, I... Uh, let me remind you, I was three, three weeks removed from being in somebody's attic working at Comcast, so I have no idea what I'm doing in ministry. Um, so I'm sitting down, I go to my office, which is the coffee area, and I'm like, Lord, what is it, what is it that I need to be doing uh, right now to get the message about what this ministry about, how do I, what, what should I be doing to get it out? Um, so he answered, you're the neighborhood guy, go meet some people in the neighborhood. So I went and got some flyers, printed out some flyers about tutoring, and I took some CBC service time cards, walking around the neighborhood, just passing stuff out, passing them out, passing them out. So I get to one house. I remember one house specifically. I knock on the door, nobody answered. Knock on the door again, nobody answered. So I leave the flyer on the porch. And I walk away, I get about three houses down the street, and I hear a voice. I know it's not the Holy Spirit. I hear a voice. It's a woman. I don't know who it is, so I keep walking. I still hear the voice. So I turn around. This woman, she has the flyer that I just left on her porch, waving it like, in my mind, I'm thinking, she's angry. Don't solicit me. Don't bring me this stuff. And I'm thinking she's coming to tell me about myself. So I'm like, Lord. I don't know what's about to happen, but you just take control. So she approaches me, and we introduce ourselves, and she, tells, she, she then tells me, hey, I'm so glad that you came out here with this. 
I have a grandson. He's 15 years old. He doesn't know how to read. I was like, wow, God, like, wow. Um, so I called one of our tutors, and I said, hey, man, I got this guy, 15 years old, can't read. Can you help me out? Yeah, man, I got it. So four or five months down the line, uh, the young man's name is Jaquan Campbell. Uh, the tutor is John Peterson. Uh, four or five months, he's been working with Jaquan. Now Jaquan is able to read full sentences, and John is actually teaching him, continuing to teach him how to read through the Bible. What a great way to learn how to read, reading the Bible. Um, so that's just one cool story out of many, uh, just what we're doing here. But what is CBC Neighbors? Uh, what we are is we are the local mission ministry right here in this neighborhood in Savannah in general. We want to impact this neighborhood, this city in three ways. We want to serve our neighbors. We want to uh, share the gospel with them and we want to share our lives. So we want to serve them. We want to share our lives and we want to share the gospel. And I know the question in your mind right now is, this sounds so awesome. How can I get involved? <laughs> Let me tell you, every, as with every ministry, as I'm growing to know, ministry is very hard. It's trying. It's tiresome. But I feel and what I'm starting to see is that it's very rewarding. God is really, really, really doing some great things. Um, so right now we have some tutoring availabilities, some opportunities. We have some discipleship opportunities. We have... Um, Gosh, we got a lot. We need, we need some help. This is what I'm saying. Uh, but if you guys want to get involved, we have a sign-up sheet right outside in the uh, video venue. You can put your name on the list, and I'll be contacting you with an email. Um, other than that, thank you, guys. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Thanks, Tony. Um, hey, I think it's... Super cool what God's doing in our neighborhood. And, and y'all might remember um, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Just before Jesus ascended to heaven, he gave his disciples this commission. He said that you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And, and so in a sense, this neighborhood is kind of like our Jerusalem. This is right where we are, right here, right now. And this is where God wants us to begin doing his work, and that's what Tony's doing, so thanks, Bob. We appreciate it. Um, even though we're to start here, the goal is to get the gospel to the ends of the earth, right? The goal is to get the gospel to these people who have no opportunity to hear. They don't have the Bible in their, in their own language. Um, and so what CBC is starting is this partnership with the seed company who is um, trying to combat this epidemic of global Biblelessness. And I'm going to bring up in just a second Kirk Flanagan. Kirk's a buddy of mine. Um, and let me just give this ministry as passionate of a push as I can. This is a ministry that my wife and I got involved in long before it ever came to CBC. And friends, if the truth about Jesus is real, if he has died to rescue us, people from every nation and language and tribe and tongue, then the most loving thing we can do is get this good news to all these people who hadn't heard. We have an obligation to do that. And so Kirk, in 1995, sold his business to become a missionary. He's been working in Bible translation for 20 years. Um, and so I want to bring up Kirk, and Kirk's going to tell us um, about the seed company and how we can be involved. Let's give him a CBC welcome. 
I, I'm not sure we've ever done a CBC welcome before, but y'all did a good job. Okay. Um, as if that's a thing. Um, hey, Kirk, uh, will you start by just telling us about this global epidemic of Bibleistness? How, how big is that problem? You know what? Uh, if I could, could, could we just pray real quick? Let's just pray. Father, thank you. What a wonderful opportunity to uh, share what's on your heart. Um, every day, you think about every man, woman, and child. You've numbered the hairs on their head, and so they're in your heart, and they need to hear your truth. And Lord, this morning, as William and I share together, I just pray that everybody in this room will be here. Help them not to their mind to go somewhere else, but help them to hear your, your truth. So I pray that the Holy Spirit would guide us this morning. Because there's only two things that's going to last forever in this room, and that's the souls of men and the Word of God. So we just give this time to you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. So, if you could imagine with me just for just a second, I'm going to have to stand up. No, good. Go for it. <laughs> I, I'm sitting down too much. I'm always on an airplane or... You know, I'm just sitting down too much, and I feel if I stand up, I'm, I'm losing weight, right? I'm moving. So, can you imagine not having the Scriptures? Just close your eyes for a minute. Try to think about no Bible, no Revelation. So, everything that you think about when you think about God his Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. What would that look like without the Scriptures? It's blank, right? I don't know what it looks like. I can't imagine what it looks like. Well, as, as William said earlier, that's, that's the, the plight of the Bibleists. They, don't, they know that there's something more powerful than them. That You can't look outside this morning and know that there's not a creator God. So they, they know that, that they got here by something greater than themselves. It's in them. As a matter of fact, when we go as the body of Christ and we go to these villages, we go to these people groups, you know what one of the first questions they ask? Where have you been? We've been waiting for you. Our forefathers... Our ancestors told us you were coming. Where have you been? Because they're searching for truth. Because there is no truth in the deception of Satan. He's, he's going to give us whatever, he's going to give people whatever is possible to deceive you. Okay? So those seven billion people on the earth today, if they don't have the truth, they're not going to have Jesus. They're not going to have a relationship with the Lord. So that's the plight to the Bibleists. They don't have the foundation of the truth of the Scriptures. And that's true for over a billion people, almost two billion people. 180 million of those, some, by the way, some of those two billion have a little bit of Scripture. But 180 million, half the population of this United States, and praise God that we're in the U.S., but even more, 
Praise God that our citizenship's in heaven, right? 180 million people have nothing. They have no scripture. They have no foundation. And so there's no guilt trip this morning. I'm not going to lay that on you because I want the Holy Spirit to work in your heart. I want God to speak to you to be on mission. You don't have to be a missionary. Just be on mission for his work. And that's going to look different for everybody. And, uh, yeah, so. Yeah. Tell, will you tell us what the Seed Company is doing to combat Bibleistness? Tell us about what y'all do. Yeah, absolutely. So Seed Company, we get calls occasionally. So what's on sale? Fescue? No. We're planting the seed of God's word. We, we're a part of Wycliffe Bible Translators, an uh, organization that's been around since 1942. And so what they, what they found out is that the traditional way of doing Bible translation would be you and Victoria would go to a people group, live there for sometimes 20, 25 years, learn the culture, learn the people, love on the people, build trust, and then translate. You've got to learn the language, right? Because, I mean, you've got to start at zero. You pick up a rock and you go, what is this? You know, I mean, it's, it takes a long time. That process was the traditional way, and it was slow, very slow. Well, a little over 20 years ago, the leadership of Wycliffe Bible Translator said, God, help us to give us creativity to, to, to find a new way to do Bible translation. And so Bernie May, the, the president of Wycliffe, prayed, got on his knees and prayed and fast and began to talk to other people because the gospel message, the Great Commission, is all about partnerships. It's all about the body of Christ working together. And in that first year, Bernie was developed a vision, locking arms with other people and other organizations. We have actually 1,200 different organizations that we work with. And it's just 1,200 different bodies of Christ working together. Well, this new, this new model is that we go in and we love on the people. Okay? We find somebody that's a believer and we serve them. Because who is going to reach their people at the basic level best their own people right so we train these people in in the work of bible translation we provide them computers we provide them everything that they possibly would need in order to be um, effective in bible translation and so what's happened is that we've seen the acceleration of bible translation the last 20 years go from just about 15 or 20 new languages every year to now there's about 110 new languages being impacted every year. And, by, and praise God, 1,200 new languages have started by the partnership of the seed company with the body of Christ. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. It is cool. cool. Okay, so CBC uh, is going to get to partner with a group called the Basoto People. <clears throat> You've recently introduced us to these folks in East Asia. What, what can you tell us about these people that we're going to get to contribute to them having a New Testament, or at least get it started? So the Basoto people are a small people group in China, 600,000. 
In China, you know, like a small city would be a million or two million. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous how many people there are. I mean, it's, it's great, but it's just phenomenal. You just, and these people and the Basoto people, and by the way, you're not, if you look that up on the internet, you're not going to find Basoto, okay? Um, that's just a, that's a pseudonym because we want to be all about protecting them. These people are wonderful, gracious people. I've had the privilege of going there three times in the last three years and visit with them. And uh, they're a very needy people. They don't have the scriptures. As a matter of fact, in just a second, I think we're going we're to see a video of David and Erica Patrick, missionaries that have been working with the Basoto people for the last 12 years. Well, three years ago, David was just, it was almost like he was beating his head against the wall because he wasn't making an inroad to the Basoto people. And it, I mean, he was loving on them. He had learned the language. He had learned the culture. But the problem was they had no scripture in their heart tongue. And so he, he partnered with a seed company about three years ago to give them that foundation. And today they have the book of Luke, the book of Ruth, Genesis, 30 oral Bible stories, and we can talk about how effective that is later. But can you imagine if you can't read and somebody teaches you a Bible story, they can, they can provide the gospel to you right then, okay? And that's a whole new... I mean, why, do we, why did it take so long to do oral Bible stories? Jesus was pretty good at that, wasn't he? <laughs> and uh, so today, we're in the second phase of the, of the Basoto story, and they have, they're unreached. As far as we know, as far as we know, really, there's 100 Christians among 600,000. That's probably uh, underestimated, but that's just what we know, because David and Erica have been working with these people for 12 years. Those 100 Christians just came to Christ in the last two years. But you know what? It's exciting. Now I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. I'll tell you that in a minute. Okay. Are we going to watch a video? Yeah, let's watch the video. Let's, this is, we want to hear from David and Erica, some folks that are on the ground there, um, and then we'll get to tell you how CBC gets to be involved. Hi, everybody. Um, we are David and Erica Patrick, and we and our three children, Elijah, Auburn, Grace, and Evie Faith, um, have lived overseas in East Asia and served the Bazodo people for about 12 years now. And we are so thankful for our Bazoto family and friends um, that are there with you. And we are so excited about the possibility of your partnership with us in this project. So we do live in East Asia. We've lived there for about 12 years where we've been serving the Basoto people the whole time. Uh, the first three or four years we learned the, uh, the majority language. Then we learned the language that the Basoto people uh, speak. And then after that, we started this uh, translation project in partnership with the seed company. And the seed company has just been so good to partner with us because our goal is not only to translate the Bible and to see God's Word made available in our heart language, but we also want to see the um, churches planted there. And we want to see churches among all of the villages among the Basoto people. 
And so uh, without the without God's Word in their heart language, there's no way that can happen, as you and I can imagine what it would be like to try to grow in our faith and to be uh, part of the church without God's Word. It wouldn't be possible. And so because we've been able to be there to do that with local uh, Basoto partners and because of other people like yourself, that project continues to happen. And uh, we've made some great progress. We're thankful for several uh, books of the Bible that have been translated already. But there's still many more to go. And so we're thankful that uh, we plan to be partnering with the seed company uh, for many more years to come. So we just thank you. And um, just uh, one other uh, bit of information. Uh, I think Erica mentioned we have three children that are not able to get in the camera today. Uh, but we have three kids, Elijah, Alvin Grace, and Evie. And our whole family, we would love to get to know you more. We would love it if you could come visit us where we live. Uh, we'll only be in the States for uh, a few more weeks now, but maybe the next time we're in, our, in the States, we can come spend some time with you guys. But uh, like the seed company, we value your partnership. We want to get to know you. Uh, we, we ask that you would pray for us, that you would join us in connecting with us as well. And we look forward to getting to know you more in the future. Um, okay, so tell us how we get to partner with those people and with the 600,000 Basoto people. Two minutes, 47 seconds. Okay, good. So there was the invitation. You heard David invite you to come. So we're not going to be able to take, you know, tons of people, but we're going to be visiting David and Erica, their kids, and the Basoto people in the years to come. This morning, you guys have a, a, a really a unique opportunity to, to step in to the story for the Basoto people. And by the way, when we dismiss, we're going to go into this room, the, I think the older old sanctuary. Old video, sanctuary. Video venue. Rad will make you do 10 push-ups if you call it the old sanctuary, so watch out. Ooh, ooh. I could probably get five in. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> I get off track. So what we're going to do is, this is the fun part. We're going to leave these displays in. Uh, where's uh, Gracie? Gracie, we're going to leave these displays with you guys. So if you want to keep them several weeks, that's fine. So if, if you're not able to do it this morning, do it sometime in the future. Here's the deal. The entire book of Acts is the scripture boards are in that room, whatever that room's called. And when you walk in there, what you're doing Grab a prayer card and take that home with you. What you're doing is you're saying, I'm stepping into the story. I'm not going to find my favorite verse. Okay? So if you're looking for Acts 4.12, this is the entire book of Acts, by the way. If you're looking for Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other. There's none other name under heaven given among men wherever we must be saved. That name is Jesus, right? If that's your favorite verse, it's already spoken for. Somebody's got it. <laughs> Somebody already got it. I might just get it. Okay. What you're doing is you're, you're signing up for them, okay, for them to have God's Word. So you're going to be signing sometime, random scriptures, okay? It doesn't have to be your favorite verse, okay? So just know that. Just grab a verse. Put your name on that line. And if, if you want to buy, if you want to sponsor that verse, it's $35 to do that, okay? And you don't have to, you don't have to give them money this morning. Just make a commitment to you and the Lord. We're going to, I'm jumping in for $35 a verse. 
That's the small thing. The big thing is, will you pray for those people? That's what, I, that's what I'm really asking you to do. Pray for them. Re- keep thinking about that in their mind. They have nothing. And so whether you buy, whether you sponsor one verse or ten verses, that's, that's, that's between you and the Lord. But you know what? This, the project is totally funded already. Why are we doing it then? Because we have faith that the church here, CBC here in Savannah, has already sponsored a set amount. Okay? And what I mean by that is William stepped up in faith in the Lord and in his mercy and kindness that you guys were going to give a a certain amount. Okay? So you're already in. You just didn't realize it. Right? So that's what we're going to do. Sign those up. If there are envelopes there, if you want to put your check in there, you could put your check in the envelope, put, throw it in the basket. But don't hesitate to call me. My number's, William's got my number, Gracie's got my number, my email address. I'd love to talk to you because I'd love to take you guys, especially this front line right here. I'm going to take this front line to China with me. I need a bodyguard. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's how we look. Yeah, oh, we're, we're one negative minute. 118. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Kirk, you're a long-winded preacher, man. I know. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no. Hey, um, thank you for, for coming, Kirk. Let, let me give this quick. No, no, you can, you can stay for a second. <laughs> I know hey, when I need to leave. Let, let me give a, a quick exhortation to us. Just, just picture this with me. Um, what, what if Jesus doesn't come back for another thousand years? or another 1,500 years. And over the course of the next 30 years, or 40 years, or 50 years, we as a church could give the Bible to 30 or 50 or 100 different people groups in their own heart language. What if one day when we are standing around the throne, people from every nation and language and tribe and tongue are coming up to us saying, were you a part of CBC? I believe because you guys gave us the Bible in our own language. How cool would that be? And how cool would that be for your family? I mean, yes, give through CBC, but to be honest with you, and Brad might punch me in the stomach for this, I don't care if you give through CBC. Give your life to getting the gospel to these people uh, all over the world. It will be so worth it one day. So, Kirk, thanks for coming, brother. Um, Hey, quickly, and I'll go ahead and invite the band to come on up. Um, let, yeah, thank you, Kurt. And, and I owe you a public apology, Rad. I've given you two shout-outs <laughs> for laying the smack down on us. Um, hey, don't want to get through this service without allowing the Lord to engage our hearts. So this is a lot of really good information. Um, but as the band plays here in just a second... I want to give us a couple of, of, of kind of prayer points to think through. And the first is this. Um, take a couple minutes in the quiet of your heart just to repent before God. Um, and I, I'm assuming that y'all are something like me. Okay? If you're anything like me, here's what you've identified as you see these global needs. Um, lots of us are very self-focused. And lots of us are very preoccupied with what's going on right here 
right now in our own lives. And so the first step for many of us is just to own the fact that we've been preoccupied with ourselves and we've been doing our own thing and we've been ignoring the needs that are very real in the world. So, so start there, but then quickly turn to this invitation that God gives all of us where he's inviting us to get in the story. He's inviting us to get in the game and pray that God would just align your heart with his heart. Pray that God would show you who he wants you praying for and what he wants you giving to and where he wants you to go or where he wants you to serve. Just take a couple minutes in the quiet of your heart and give your life to God on a blank check and say, Lord, you do what you want to do with it. Um, So let me start by praying and then after you guys have a couple minutes to pray, we'll worship together. Lord God, you who are alive and real and good, you who are the source of all pleasure and satisfaction, Would you speak to us now, and would you align our hearts with your heart so that we can join you in what you're doing for your glory and for the good of all people. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.